hello, hello, welcome back to Monster Frequency. We're going to be talking today a bit about the climate. Of course, the UN Climate Change Conference 2021 has just finished in Glasgow, known as COP26. I'm sure you've seen it tons of times in the news recently. So in light of this, we have had the chance to chat to Professor Paul Eakins, uh, Professor of Resources and Environmental Policy at the University College London Institute for Sustainable Resources. He's talking a little bit about some of these terms that you might come across, some terms that might help you uh, decide which products to purchase, for example, and also some other things uh, that we can all be doing to help the environment. Uh, Professor Eakins is a personal advocate of smart meters, but let's hear what else he has to say. First of all, I, I kind of caught up with them uh, and talked a little bit about the fact that these days, uh, pretty much everybody is aware of the importance of the environment. And I thought this might be quite interesting encouraging for him. Let's see what he has to say. I've been working in the field for quite a long time and I've been hoping that we will get to this point where uh, really I think now we can say that there can't be uh, anybody out there who doesn't realise that we're in real trouble with the climate and that uh, we need to do things. Um, And the good news is that there are plenty of things that we can do. Yeah, that, that's absolutely fantastic. I was really hoping you could kind of, you know, give your kind of view on this. I mean, as you say, you know, having worked in this field for, for many years and being a real expert on this, I was thinking actually straight away that it must be encouraging uh, for you, um, you know, to, to see that there's actually so much awareness. But 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 equally, you know, obviously there's a lot of work for us to, to do, isn't there? And we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we, we possibly can. Yes. And uh, I, I mean, I think... We- you know, individuals can't do everything. Uh, the government has an enormous role to help us do the right thing, to put in the right infrastructure. So with regard to vehicles, for example, to put in uh, charging points, obviously the government needs to do plenty to take the carbon out of our electricity system so that when we use electricity, which we all need to do, we're not producing a lot of carbon emissions. So uh, it's wrong to think that individuals can do everything On the other hand, it's just as wrong to think that individuals can't do anything. And so um, there are things one can do, um, and it's important that people uh, are told what they can do in language that they can understand. Yeah, absolutely fantastic points because I, I've actually got the report in front of me here, just you know, looking at some of the terms that you know do often crop up and, and actually do often cause, uh, you know, whether it, whether it be confusion or, or whether people just kind of trip up on these terms. But I was thinking, you know, a, a fantastic time um, with you on the show to kind of perhaps run through some of those terms, if if you wouldn't mind, and just kind of point out to listeners what they really mean, so people can make sure they are up to speed on the discussions and feel like they're actually understanding, you know, what we what what's going on. Well, indeed. So why don't we take the one that uh, our researchers suggested a lot of people are still confused by, which is the term greenwashing. And uh, this is something that you often hear environmental activists talking about, really in respect of statements often made by companies um, about their own environmental actions. So the actions that companies say that they're doing, uh, but these statements are either misleading or they're not backed up by any evidence, and therefore they more emerge from their PR department than from actually the actions that they're doing. And just as whitewashing is there to cover up things that you don't want other people to see, uh, that's been adapted to the term greenwashing in order to give the impression that you're actually doing more environmentally than you really are. 
Yes, yeah, that, and that sounds like a really important thing to be aware about, actually, because of course, you know, marketing departments, I'm sure, do have a lot of a, a lot of sway in people's minds about, you know, how you know how good a company is perceived to be when it comes to the environment. But really, you know, it's good to know that you have to try and pull out the kind of important information, the, the important facts. And, and what would you say are the really key things to actually look for? You know, if you if there's, for example, something that a consumer can do when they're looking at different companies, what, what, how would you say kind of people go about making, you know, more informed choices, if that makes sense? Well, it's difficult because these are complex issues. Um, and there's a range of labels on a range of different products that people can look at and that they can think um, uh, what they might mean. So, for example, if I saw a very clear label saying that this has produced um, uh, carbon emissions that are in the lowest 5% of the products, uh, of of similar products, then I would think to myself, um, this is a reasonable kind of product. Or you may be looking to make your own energy efficient, uh, your own energy use more efficient, and then you might want to get a smart meter so that you could actually look at the display there, and that would tell you uh, how much energy you're using at any particular moment in time, how much it was costing you, and then you might be thinking, well, actually, um, I don't need to use all that energy. I'm wasting some, and then if you Uh, reduce your energy and reduce that wastage obviously you'll save money but you'll also reduce carbon emissions so i mean that's that's an idea Uh, that's one of several things that one can do in one's own home yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic point, isn't it? I mean, I, th- I think, um, I, I don't know what it what it means to, to yourself. It would be really interesting to kind of get your view on this. But just to me, you know, obviously a, a non-expert in this area at all. But I, I just kind of imagine that, you know, we talk about all these um, fantastic initiatives going forwards, like, you know, switching to, to green energy and things like this. But equally important must be that realisation that actually one key step to make and that everyone presumably can make is, is just to be more efficient with what we already you know consuming and and using and actually to me that that sounds like an obvious place to start almost just be more efficient well absolutely right and easily our main uh, as consumers our main carbon uh, carbon emissions come from the energy use that we have to heat our homes and it's an unfortunate fact that many of our homes are extremely inefficient so they're drafty and they lose a lot of the energy that we burn to keep them warm they lose a lot of that energy through the walls through drafts coming through the doors and windows through the roof which is not adequately insulated etc so there are lots of things that we do and if we have a smart meter and then we make our homes more energy efficient you will notice the difference you'll be warmer and you'll see that you're using less energy and that means of course that your energy bill is going to be less than it would otherwise be yeah, that's fantastic to know. That, thank you, thank you for this uh, so far, Professor Eakins. It's, yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant timing for people to be, you know, thinking as much as they can about this. I wonder if, and I won't keep you too much longer now, of course. But uh, I, I was particularly interested in, in hearing your kind of, um, I guess, like an explanation about about the term net zero. And I only say that because I know that you know I myself come across that as a kind of a target, almost like an endpoint for companies to reach. You know, I'm sure everybody listening in has heard that mentioned. Um, a number of times and I just thought it might be nice to kind of talk a bit about it just because it does seem to be so common well indeed and um, I mean the the uh, the atmosphere generally is uh, in in balance with itself and that means that 
uh, emissions of carbon dioxide from whatever source um, uh, are balanced by the removals of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, by trees, by the oceans, um, and by natural processes. But obviously, since the Industrial Revolution and we're burning more and more fossil fuels, that balance has been put out, and we're now emitting far more carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases than are being removed from the atmosphere, and that means that their concentration in the atmosphere is going up, and that's one of the main causes of the climate changes that we're all seeing. And net zero really is a statement of intent and commitment to get that balance back so that um, we uh, abound, even once we've reduced our carbon emissions as much as we can, there are likely to be some residual emissions which we can't reduce. And then under those circumstances, we need to do things that will actually suck carbon out of the atmosphere again to compensate for those emissions that we're still producing. Uh, there are uh, some machines that can do that. They're still quite expensive. Or we can just plant a lot of trees, which is why, for example, uh, at the COP26 conference, a lot of emphasis was put on deforestation. Our own government is putting a lot of emphasis on reforestation, on, on planting more trees uh, in the UK. And that is because they do suck carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, and that can compensate for the residual emissions once we've reduced all the emissions that we can that we may still be producing in the middle of the century. Oh, Professor Aikens, thank you so much. Uh, that fantastic in-depth answer for, for our listeners. So thank you for that. And, and I'll, I'll, I think I'll just finish on, on a couple of, uh, well, a couple of things, if that's okay with yourself. Um, I, I would, of course, love to uh, enable you to just, if you wish to, point our listeners in the direction of any further information, if that's something you'd like um, to do. And, and also, just because I, I know you were kind of talking about um, smart meters, and I, I just got really interested in hearing kind of your view on, you know, the, the adoption of technology, because to me, that must be just such a critical thing that people are willing to adopt kind of newer technologies that, that, that help us be more efficient. I mean, I'm thinking about electric vehicles here, uh, here as well, really. you know, things that to me, I, I, I guess technology must be the answer, but it'd be interesting to hear from, from yourself, you know, how important that, that all is. Um, if you want to comment on that, that'd be fantastic. But otherwise, yeah, do feel free just to finish by pointing us in, in some uh, direction, more information. Well, technology is, is really important. And a lot of the heavy lifting is going to be done by technology. Uh, for example, as you said, with electric vehicles, um, different ways to heating our homes to the gas boilers that we uh, uh, are so used to and which are, uh, are so uh, powerful and convenient. Um, you know, we will need to move towards heat pumps. We will need to use more uh, district heating. Uh, these are not new technologies particularly, and many of them are, um, in widespread use uh, on mainland Europe, uh, but uh, for various reasons, um, they're, they're not very common here yet, and they will need to become much more common. Indeed, the government is um, uh, putting in place subsidy schemes to encourage people to, to take them up. But people generally are willing to take on new technologies, provided they understand what they're for, provided that they're not too expensive or they're given some subsidy help uh, in order to take them up. Uh, and provided they're relatively easy to install um, and that they do the job that they need doing and that the current technology does, you know, more or less as well. And so that's the challenge, to get those technologies to that place where they don't cost much or any more than current technologies. They do the job that we want. They give us the service that they want, but they also have 
far fewer carbon emissions. Oh, thank you, Professor Eakins. I've just seen that we've run out of time, so I'll just jump off now. But thanks so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. That's my pleasure. Bye-bye. Well, that's it from me. This was a mini episode of Monster Frequency. Do watch out for our next full-length episode. We'll be out soon. Bye for now. Bye.